0: Welcome to the Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week we talk legal marijuana, or so we had planned. In November, New Jersey residents, with a significant majority, voted yes to public question number one to legalize and regulate cannabis. So Amy and I were thinking, great, it's legal. Let's do this. How does one start a cannabis business? What are the best recipes for delicious edibles, and so on? So we asked our friend Patricia Patton, host of the podcast Me and Mary Jane and Azrae Park's best-known cannabis communicator and advocate back to the podcast to help us sort it out. But we soon discovered that for the moment all is not so clear and that recreational or adult use of cannabis is only kind of permissible and not yet sorted out at all. So we should all slow down a bit and cancel that sativa-infused book club gathering for now. Welcome, Patricia.
1: The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body.
0: Just a quick note, you're about to notice in a, a few seconds that Asbury Pod is new theme song, submitted by friend of the show, Mike Kulo. Uh, we think it's great. But if you think you can do better, submit it, and we'll give it a shot. Thanks.
2: Asbury Pod theme song, take 47.
0: There. Interviews always hit the
2: mark, so subscribe to Asbury Park. I mean pod. Be informed, don't be in the dark. Everybody listen to Asbury Park. I mean pod. Everything you need to know. Brought to you by Amy and Joe. If you're low they're the pod for you but bennies are welcome and shoobies too from Route 35 to Convention Hall Sperry Pod covers it all As Sperry Pod, I love you I love you
1: So Happy New Year everybody Again, happy that's my second Happy New Year <laughs> uh, Last week we had um, Reggie and Amanda on and it's January 22nd 2021. I think I would be remiss if I did not bring up, you know, uh, the inauguration and the historicness of um, Kamala Harris being the first, um, so many first as vice president. And hopefully we're all um, uh, hopefully better days ahead. Right. So, um, did you guys watch? Did you watch it? I had a business committee meeting that was a little chaotic, so I didn't get to watch that much of it. But did you watch it, Patricia? Yeah, I did. And today's the twenty first.
2: Now, oh, what did I say? 22nd. Today, okay. January twenty first, because it's like one of those the twenty first day of the twenty first year. Oh right. There's another. Oh wow. One. You know.
0: Yeah. That, so you would write that as one two one two one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um yeah, no, to be perfectly honest, I could not wait for morning to, and I woke up and was basically doing a is he gone yet? I mean, I, I don't know what your listeners think, but this is where I was coming from. I just wanted to see for myself whether or not the plane actually left and who was on it. And um, and I wanted to see uh Biden begin the day with, you know. The ceremony around the whole change of power, church, walking, all that. So, so, yes, I was pretty much glued to the TV from eight in the morning till eight at night. And then I didn't I missed the fun at night. I missed the concert and all of that.
0: Hmm. I didn't. Um, it's, this is the first week of classes at Rucker. So I was so busy. I didn't look. And then um, for the new year, we didn't cut the cord. Uh, so we have no TV Anymore, so we didn't see any of the um, uh, we didn't see any of the concert and stuff. I guess we could have watched it online, but um, so we've got we we suddenly found it, it's remarkable how it quiet your house when there's nothing to watch on TV, <laughs> <laughs> just turned it off and you uh, so productive.
2: We have a computer, someone sent me uh, Demi uh, Lovato's performance, and it was a CNN YouTube.
0: Yeah, you could have watched it on YouTube, but I was—I haven't made the connection yet that I can get the TV I was looking for through the computer. So I, I get everything from Prime or things like that. And but I was so busy at work that I missed the whole day. I was checking Twitter because I mean it was really shocking on Friday. He had someone in the White House with notes on how to declare martial law. So uh, you, you know, so I didn't sleep at all all weekend. I'm like, what? It's hard to believe um, the, those uh, that those, those chain of events, you know. So.
1: Yeah, and the um, cities that so was on good. high alert for the, you know, just in case we were going to get, we have a couple of businesses in town that are big, not not a lot. One major one comes to mind. That's a big, big Trump supporter and QAnon supporter and all of that. So we had our police and like Homeland Security on high alert just to ensure that nothing, um, nothing crazy happened. And not quite, it didn't. I will tell you, the one thing I found absolutely shocking is that he did not pardon the people from the riots. That he didn't pardon the people from January six. I, I I just I don't know. I guess I just assumed he would pardon all of them, and that would be that. So that was the one surprising thing to me.
0: Doesn't a, par- a pardon implies admission of guilt, right? So they would have to accept a guilty plea. The pe- the person being pardoned has to say yes, I am guilty of that crime, for a pardon to work. And they haven't. It couldn't be commuted because they haven't been sentenced yet. So they were no sort of a vague uh, area. Oh, yeah. that makes
2: sense. Oh, such a thing as. Pocket pardons exist. So there may be people who were pardoned whose names we do not know that they will be able to pull it out if they need it. You ever heard of that? I've never heard of that.
0: I have not heard that.
2: You know know about a pocket listing. Yeah. Right. So someone last night said that this is a real thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't do any research to determine if that was true or not.
0: Interesting.
1: I well, fingers that. crossed, better days but, ahead, right? Fingers crossed, better days ahead,
0: right? Because let's talk about why we were, why, you know, we want to welcome back to our uh, the podcast Patricia Patton, a repeat guest, you know, and um, we were planning to have like a sort of a, you know, sort of a celebratory uh, episode about the marijuana referendum or cannabis referendum in the state of New Jersey, and then we realized that. The refer—we all know the refer- referendum passed, but we got stuck with. Well, what do we talk about since it's not clear what that referendum means? Since there's been no follow-up legislation or, and very little clarification, right? Um, so um,
2: there has been there there has been attempts to come up with, um, you know, adjustments to adjust it because they were trying to get a document that. Murphy would sign by January first, but they have not been able to meet either sides or the majority of those issues so what well, I think we still don't have one
1: and they and they keep and stop me and either one of you stop me i I should know more about this topic than I do, but the city's position really is until something passes. I don't have to be really super up to speed on this topic yet. Um, but they the there was a number of meetings in the legislature and then they thought they would pass something by January one. And then I don't know, I feel like mushrooms were thrown in and that threw a wrinkle into things because people didn't want mushrooms in the bill. And then, um, Patricia, the the majority of what I know about this bill is from your podcasts, And I'm going to say your name wrong. Weedhead.
2: Yeah, her name is Dashita Dawson. She is the Cannabis Regulatory Commissioner for Portland, Oregon.
1: Yeah, so we should give a shout out to that podcast because all of my knowledge <laughs> comes from that podcast on what's happening in New Jersey and the initial bills, you know, according to that podcast, and, and we're, we're just egregious in its lack of um, social justice provisions, for lack of a better word
0: yeah i think uh Governor Murphy cited um concerns about um the existing penalties for juveniles' possessions and so declined to sign so even though he supports it i think yeah he there's concern about how do you remediate existing convictions or ongoing convictions that, that, and the social justice issues that we talked about in the last episode you know these laws you know, the existing laws tended to tended to hit hardest in the poorest communities in the state. So those those are jurisdictions that really suffered quite a bit under the the, the drug laws. And so without addressing them, it's a free pass for wealthy marijuana users, users while everyone else is still carrying around charges that have wide ranging implications.
2: I mean, the real deal is that black and brown people are, are stopped and charged three times more than white in the state of New Jersey. In fact, the top Three states are New York, Texas, and I think New Jersey, you know, in terms of arresting people. But one of the big things in the New Jersey legislation is that it doesn't even have a definition for social equity. So, you know, come on. I mean, <laughs> there is- I was looking because I was trying to figure out what it was. I I was actually uh, in the clubhouse last night with two lawyers, Christine Bacol, who's a New New York lawyer, and um, uh, Perali, I'm going to say her Instagram handle instead of her last name because I don't know it right off. Her Instagram handle is blaze responsibly. And she is a New Jersey lawyer who is up to date and working on legislation in New Jersey. And so it was there. I I was trying to actually get some answers for this evening because I said to Amy, when I was initially invited to join this conversation, I accepted because I felt so badly about having voted for legislation that i didn't know anything about like i voted yes to legalization but i it was afterwards that i realized that i didn't understand how that was going to be implemented and so social equity you know as one issue you know social equity as one issue it's only as good as the legislation You know, because how can it be anything other than that? Now, and here's the other thing. I have not worked on policy. You know, I have friends who work on policy, that that's their sweet spot. They know and they understand, you know, I get my information from them you know and then i carry that information to a, another constituency but i really didn't have the facts and i think that a lot of us are in that situation where we don't really understand what this law is saying i mean i was walking with someone he was on the, the he thought he had voted for home grow home grow is not part of it you know if if you're a medical patient for example and uh you know you are legitimately a medical patient you need it to feel good not necessarily just for recreational you need you know i mean i'm of the opinion that it's all the same it all depends upon your intent <laughs> you know but the reality is if you're someone who suffers from ms or something and you need your medicine or you suffer from seizures seizures why shouldn't you be able to grow your medicine, but that's not in the, the New Jersey law.
1: And the ability to grow Patricia is also, and I'm gonna say all of this language wrong cause this is not my area of expertise, but you can grow it based on what you need more or less of, right, whether you need more or less of like some portion of the plant or less of some portion of the plant um, to treat whatever your illness is. So am I saying that right? Oh I so let's just
2: say you you know let's say that you you actually know what you need and you have a cultivar that you can grow that meets your needs. You can then convert that to your medicine instead of going to the to the dispensary or in addition to going to the dispensary say to um create a an oil that has both THC and CBD in it to address your problem, your medical problem.
1: And that is not anywhere near this bill. And, and it's not even coming down, the, it's not even something they're fighting over. It's just not in the bill and it's I mean, not gonna be.
2: I mean, advocates are fighting against it, fighting to have it included, but mm-hmm. it is not in the current. It's not in the current bill.
0: I think it's demonstrative. There's a. I have a problem with, government by referendum. Um, because even if I may support a position, referendum cannot address all the the long-term legislative issues. It has to be sort of, there's a whole cadre of hidden things behind each law. So when you start having referendum, you know, this is a perfect example. Everyone said yes. And everyone thought they were voting for something different. And then, but ultimately there's not even a law to sort of govern what was, you know, acceded to, or so it's, uh, it's kind of a very complicated, um, um, you know, situation that gets the legislature starts to, to to hammer out. And yeah, so you, can you grow home? Homegrown is not legal in New Jersey, even if you have a, a medical license. Or a med, I mean, a prescription, correct? No. Yeah,
1: it's not legal. So, and maybe because I'm coming from a more of a policy perspective, at least being on the council, when you both talk about you voted yes, but you weren't quite sure, you know, you don't love governing by referendum or, or, you know, the words you're using, you, if you had no more, I mean, to me, there weren't more specifics, right? The referendum that you vote on is always pretty, we have a rent control referendum about to go on the on the ballot that is, in my opinion, deeply flawed while I well, I super support the idea of rent control. That referendum is deeply flawed. Um, when people are reading it on their vote by mail, they're, you're not getting the full in-depth. But you wouldn't have, if you had read the referendum back to front, you would have still voted yes on it. Wouldn't, wouldn't you both have?
2: Well, I, I think that that's kind of the, I mean, basically that's why the governor put it to the citizens. He couldn't get it through. He tried to get it through the legislature but they wouldn't agree on it. And so two years passed, because remember he came in and said that it was going to happen within the first 100 days or something, and it didn't. And so then the, the, the next major step that he took was to increase the number of um, conditions. So he, he increased the number of conditions, which meant that you didn't have to have a debilitating you know, symptoms to in order to qualify for medical, you know, but adult use, because so many people have been wronged by it, and there are so many people that need, so many people that need to be addressed in legislation for it. The only way I guess he could actually get adult use passed was just to put it out to us who, who don't pay that much attention and say, do you want it legalized or you don't want it legalized? Well, we want it legalized. But I, I didn't do the work to make sure that the things I thought were important were, were in that law. You know, because of course I left that to somebody else. And it's only afterwards when people who know more than me, people, I mean, because it's not like what's happening in New Jersey. Has not happened in other places. There are other models to look at to see, you know, what has gone right, what has gone wrong. Massachusetts, Oklahoma, you know, there are other cities where they have worked through this, and so New Jersey could have done something different. But it, it, you know, it's not as though it's a state that was. Oh, I mean, sixty-seven percent of the people said yes, but that was not the case with the legislature. You know, you couldn't get. Everybody couldn't get what they wanted. And that's the part that I don't understand because I'm not a politician. You never get what you want I mean, as a politician. Law- you walk away, you walk away with but,
1: what, and, and I think this is this is the problem with politicians and activists as somebody was an activist before they were a politician. I'm never, I'm not gonna get 100% of what I want. I'm gonna, but, but at the risk of getting nothing, I'll take half of it. So if I can get half of what I want, then I'm going to walk away a little like, eh, but I got half because to me, not getting anything done, then why am I even doing this?
2: That's what I've heard people who have more experience than me say. They say, you don't expect to get a perfect law, but you know, you, you go back and you try, you know, you're know, you tweaking it. You're fighting for other things. And that's why uh, I guess it's important that people like me, because that was one of the questions that I was like, what can we do? Well- we can pressure people like you, you know, in our municipality, we can we can like say to you, we want this, we want this. And then you pressure the people that, you know, are above the, me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of the um one of the things that that I, I got out of your podcast and also that I think is working its way into the new bill is there was a tax for the state right tax you know and then you know as as a as a council person we want a tax in the municipality if i have to deal with excess parking and you know all the things i have to deal with and people coming here for medicinal or recreational you know we want to we want a tax too and then the tax it you know the tax that i think was the slowest to move was was the tax that was going to go to social justice that you were going to have a designated Tax and and the reason that is so important and, and the reason that um, Jersey City did an art tax is is when budgets happen and pandemic pandemics happen arts or social justice or all these things are cut but if you have a set tax in a bill that the city's going to get a hundred thousand dollars that has to go to social justice or the city's going to get two hundred thousand dollars that has to go to art or the city then it has to go to that thing and so when i saw them starting to at least talk about it and and i hope get it into the bill i think having a tax for social justice would be you know such a step in the right direction
2: right but amy if there's no mention of social equity if it's not defined what does that mean right well,
0: yeah I- because I would have to ask as a citizen, what do we mean by social justice? I have a lot of ideas about that, right? What is how does that quantify it into a policy that actually helps people for real, right? Ask Amy. <laughs> oh, I no,
2: mean, it's like how do you like for example, how do you qualify as a social equity applicant? Who is a social equity applicant in New Jersey? Hmm. It's there. I mean, it's not one definition for every state or every area each area sort of defines it differently. Like I saw a list of, of places in New Jersey that are considered impact areas. And I was, it was interesting to see that Asbury Park is not an impact area.
1: And where were impact areas,
2: Patricia? Know, 15 or 16 of them, you know, like... Oh, wow. Trenton, you know, Jersey City, Newark, you know, they're all over, but Asbury's not one surprising to me. That's surprising to me as well. Particularly, I mean, those are listed, but it was particularly of interest to me since Asbury was one of the towns that said they would consider having a medical dispensary.
1: Hmm. So the only thing I was going to say was, I think early on, we were absolutely open to medicinal and um i think also early on we were open to recreational recreational became complicated and i'm not even sure if i'm using the right term when when lou- when they were incorporating lounges so there would be lounges where people would um partake and then things got a little complicated for us but even even as early the new the news reports have things the Asbury Park Press it, it, in the last couple of days did a, a a big story because this company Breakwater, which is a big a big company, it's, Patricia,
2: right? It's one of the fourteen dispensaries in the state of New Jersey.
1: So they did an Instagram post on like <laughs> I don't know Sunday or Monday night saying we're coming to Asbury. So I get tagged in it. I don't have a clue and and. I don't have a clue. And uh, John Moore, and then, we're, and then we get all these calls from the press because since this started, the, the way the council works is there's five of us, but to, in order to not violate the sunshine laws, we have to go off into these little subgroups, right? So, so Yvonne and I are on affordable housing. John Moore and Eileen uh, are on um, rent control. Jesse and Yvonne are on another committee. So the marijuana committee was John Moore. So he met with all these people over the course of years, um, you know, to talk about these dispensaries coming and what the city was going to get from those dispensaries, right? Where, you know, I don't know that we use the language um social equity or social justice, but we certainly wanted to see training programs, a percentage hiring locally, you know, traffic control for parking and, and things like that. So anyway, breakwater comes, they they announce Asbury Park. We don't have a clue. And um, everybody's, you know, asking us, to, you know, are they coming, are they coming? And the reason that was strange to us was because in order to start selling cannabis in Asbury, it's our understanding that we have to change our zoning laws that we don't currently zone to allow um, medicinal or recreational cannabis in Asbury Park. And uh, and so that was, that was the thing that was kind of throwing us off as to how they were, they had a location they were coming, you know. It was momentary. So as Barry as gotten back into the the newspapers regarding marijuana because of that, but for the record, our position remains the same, which is what our attorneys are telling us, which is no area in the city's been zoned for marijuana at this point.
2: So to sell it, but uh, okay, so that's adult use to sell it. Correct adult use is different from medical. Okay. So maybe you agreed to have a dispensary for medical for disposition of medical marijuana.
1: So we didn't. We checked this because Neptune did. So the the big announcement from Breakwater was that they were coming to Asbury and Neptune. Now Neptune had gone through the process of rezoning to allow medicinal um, marijuana, but Asbury had not has not started that process yet. We haven't changed. The zoning laws to allow it, and I forget I wish I could tell you what the what, what what it has to be that allows you to be able to open a a marijuana dispensary um or don't say me- a,
2: a medical dispensary
1: a medical dispensary so there are no laws in Asbury that allow a a medical dispensary at this stage, so we thought maybe the pharmacies that they were somehow. Maybe if it was, yeah, I know. Well, I didn't, I don't know that, you know, I got tagged in an Instagram post. (laughs) So I didn't have a clue. Anyway, Neptune allows the, um, say the name of it again.
2: Neptune allows medical dispensaries.
1: Neptune allows medical dispensaries. Asbury has not gone through the process of allowing medical dispensaries at this point, according to our planner, our zoner, and our city attorney.
2: Yet, there's conversation about there's going to be a dispensary. This is just in the wind dispensary where Smashburger is uh, in Neptune and then near the train station in Asbury Park as it's because what happened was there are 14 dispensaries in the state of New Jersey for almost 100,000 people. That's ridiculous. Okay. The closest dispensary to Asbury Park is Cranberry, and that's where Breakwater is. And the new legislation, as best I understand it, I might have my numbers slightly wrong, but they doubled the number of possible dispensaries. And those dispensaries are going to the people who are already dispensaries, not new license holders. So it doesn't surprise me that Breakwater, you know, that gives Breakwater... The go ahead, you know, to one, you know, be closer. I mean, it's, I mean, why should I have to drive 45 minutes mm-hmm. for my one manager? way, one way? Yeah, yeah.
0: And to be clear, though, the dispensary that was already legal in New Jersey. So this is, sec- this is, this, this is something in motion regardless of the referendum that just passed, correct?
2: So, so that's different from adult. Use Mm -hmm. Okay, so adult use is the other thing you were talking about, which would allow, you know, a person over 21 to go in and buy what they wanted because Mm -hmm. technically um, cannabis has been decriminalized and is now legal. So that goes back to where you were at the beginning, you know, about cannabis being legal, and marijuana being illegal.
0: Yeah. I didn't fully understand that. Uh, you know, when I was reading that Forbes article um, let me give a shout out to If anyone's listening, who wants to pull it up. It's on Forbes.com. Uh, uh, January 4th. And the author is Chris Roberts. He has some nice, um, it's a good article to read if you're interested in sort of some of the ins and outs. And he points out, um, I'm going to read one paragraph that question one amended the state constitution and was interpreted both uh, by both voters and the media as legalizing marijuana. The amendment provided no details, like how much an adult could possess, where they could get it, et cetera. And which, you know, all of these things were sort of kicked down the road for what they call enabling legislation. But then he said, points out that the language legalized cannabis, but still, um, oh, now I can't find it, of course. You know, but left marijuana st- subject to laws and the laws are still on the books. Like no, you know, Jersey has some pretty draconian laws, right? So you know, intend to distribute less than one ounce results in 1.5 years in jail with a $25,000, uh, up to $25,000 fine,
2: but it, you know, but cultivation. It, it was decriminalized, you know, so that, I mean, that's part of what the governor.
0: Yes. But it's, it's decriminalized in the sense that, um, only in the sense that the the this is what the guy from Forbes pointed out. He goes, it, it's the jurisdiction. There's been a polite request from the attorney general for police departments not to arrest people for it because there's still no laws governing how it's. Good. So it's sort of an, the existing laws are being held in abeyance rather than. So even though referendum is passing, let's we want to decriminalize cannabis. The laws are still on the books, and so the attorney general has asked people, uh, law enforcement agencies, to not enforce them, prior to, or use judgment when enforcing them which is interesting because there's a weird legal limbo we seem to be in, which is not what anyone anticipated. And, well, I'm sorry. I'm sure there are people, lawyers, who are like, no, this is going to cause a problem. As a layperson, you know, I, you know, I read the referendum, but I didn't you know, understand the machinations that would have to come afterwards or how complex they were.
2: So until the governor signs a law, that's the situation. You know, right but and so they're just back and forth about what that what's in that law i just was looking and i see here when i mentioned impact zones amy impact zones and this is probably why asbury is not are uh impact zone are cities or towns with 120,000 or more residents who rank in the top 40% of cities with the most arrests for possessions so dispensaries will open in these areas first and some lawmakers have suggested allocating tax revenue from cannabis to impact um, zone grants. We don't have 120,000 people.
1: Oh, we have 15.
2: Yeah. So that's why it's not an impact zone. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: so looking ahead. Um, I'm sorry, Patricia, did I cut you off? No, I'm done. That's up uh so you know we're look let's look ahead a little bit to when the laws make it through and adult use is legal right so you know i thought that would you uh you what and maybe patricia can um talk about this you know how's an adult my my not my fear like uh, you know I was laughing to myself i have you know of, of adults running out who haven't used marijuana in like 20 years or never did you know gra- you know, buying something legal uh cooking themselves a nice batch of animals and then eating themselves into a panic disorder, right? So there, there needs to be some, uh, we need some um, education. On how does an adult responsibly use marijuana now that it's legal and accessible, how do you contain your exuberance and have a good time? Are there resources that, it, you know, uh, and maybe we don't know the answer to this Are there resources someone can look into is like, how does one responsibly um, enjoy cannabis without, you know, giving themselves a bad time accidentally?
2: Well, there are, um, there is something called canna therapy. Which um, I have a friend in Mexico. Actually, she uh I started the podcast originally with her, but she has a, a practice called canotherapy, which is um which addresses some of that, you know, not the medical part of it, but sort of the emotional part of dealing with whatever feelings you have as a result of being uh, just of the stigma, the social stigma associated with it, regardless of the um, social status, you know, or strata that you come from, you know? So there's that. Um, I'm always as a boomer concerned about um, contraindications, you know, wondering, uh who can i call for help because as it stands you have a doctor who is kind of your gatekeeper if you have a medical marijuana card so you have a you actually have a doctor who's a gatekeeper who is responsible for you know you checking in with and them giving you a pass either three every 3 or 6 months or it may be expanded to a longer period of time but what the, the point i'm trying to make is that If you're a consumer, a patient, if you're not working with a doctor who understands cannabis medicine, you're kind of on your own. Like the one place that I know of where you can get affordable cannabis guidance is LEAF 411 and that's a group of um, cannabis nurses where you can dial like an 800 number and actually ask personal questions to kind of guide you, you know, with whatever issue that you're dealing with.
1: When you say cannabis nurses, like nurses
2: who are like, what is, when you say cannabis nurses, what does that mean? A cannabis nurse, most of them have actually worked with doctors who have cannabis practices. Like there are doctors. um, I mean, I, I like, I can tell you several other doctors who have a practice, you know, that are endocannabinologists who who, who both know in the integrative medicine and they also know the endocannabinoid system, and so their practice, you know, you can deal with them either by um, telemedicine, you know. I don't know anybody in this state, but I know someone in Maryland. I know somebody in Oregon. I know somebody in California. There are practitioners who have real. Expertise. So, if I were to go to the doctor and want to have guidance, um, I would first take whatever medication that I'm currently on, and they would know as a as a result of how what I was being treated with, how to treat me with one of the multiple endocannabinoids that exist. Right now, everybody's just talking about CBD and THC. Mm-hmm. But there's CBG, there's THCA. And people know about these. People who are practitioners, they know how to um, what is the word? The word is they know how to practice medicine really
0: mm-hmm.
2: with the plant.
0: But but Joshua, you brought up a, a good point that I wanted to raise also, like, so for something like CBD, which is over the counter everywhere. CBD oil and everything, so by and large, well tolerated. Little, um, you know, little side effects, but it does have drug interactions. You should work with it. So if you're on like, so it's the same. If you're on a drug that has one of those grapefruit warnings, like don't eat, don't consume grapefruit. CBD oil may interfere with the effect, efficacy of that drug. So certainly, we would recommend that if you anyone before dipping into CBD and THC, just touch base with the doctor who can. Um research any interactions that might exist and these aren't
2: I, I mean absolutely now if you if you have a medical card there's a possibility you have someone because you need someone to get to the dispensary but if you are if you are going to a, um an adult use dispensary and you're trying to figure out you know what works for you that's a different story you know, that that that's that's a different story. I mean, even if you have this is a problem, this is a major problem. Even if you have a medical card, you know, I don't know what the answer to this is, and I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Even if you have a medical card. You can only buy what's in the dispensary in New Jersey that you're assigned to.
1: When you say assigned to what your doctor's like ch- has checked off a box or something on that card
2: saying and you can get this stuff, who has a medical marijuana in New Jersey is assigned to a dispensary. You can ch- you can choose that dispensary yourself, but you know you're tracked because you can only have three ounces a month. You know, it was up from two to three ounces a month. So basically you're in the system, you know, the health system. The doctors are in the system. The dispensary, the medical dispensary is a seed to sale. So it's grown in New Jersey and it comes to the dispensary. It's everything's tracked that way. So that's how you you track the money, you track the patients, You track the doctors. If I wanna change, I could change because let's just say I make the decision that I like what they sell in Egg Harbor. It's different from what they sell in Cranberry at Breakwater. I could go online and change my dispensary to something else. But all of these are like medical questions as opposed to adult use because adult use you know, is adult use is gonna save cities and make a lot of people rich. Mm-hmm. But and that's why there's so much infighting now, you know, because you you got multi-state operators who are gonna just come in and just as soon as it's clear, they'll present themselves again to you.
1: Oh, they were they were off the charts uh, a couple of years ago. But I, I just because we're talking about equity and because we're talking about social justice, like everything you're describing, Patricia, is not reaching a demographic in Asbury Park that doesn't have transportation or doesn't have reliable Wi-Fi. So so and I'll give you a perfect example with the vaccines. You know, it's hard to get um, our population, particularly our senior population, Asbury Park, Either to well, first of all, there's no vaccines in Asbury because those appointments sell out in two seconds. So the the quickest place you can get yourself in is Lakewood or or wherever. And then we have a demographic of people here who don't drive, or a demographic of seniors who um, uh, you know, who who, who don't who don't drive who, who who wouldn't have the ability to drive to Lakewood. So the the whole even the medicinal is set up in a way. That is not serving or benefiting the population of people, a whole population of
2: people. Let me yeah. say that there's I mean, a whole population. It's a reflection of a larger pro- problem in society that health inequities are real. I mean, you can you could you could start at at another level. I mean, right now we're talking about it inside the cannabis sphere because that's gonna generate the money to save a lot of cities and make a lot of people rich. Um, And so that's why you have activists and people who are experienced at, um, who are more experienced, who are trying to make sure that the people who have been negatively impacted by this the most by the war on drugs, that they're at least in the game in some way. Now, like we haven't even started talking about licenses to actually be in the game, you know, because you you can't be in the game just because you got a dream. You know, you have to have a license to conduct business, you know? And those are the things that are going to come to you. That's coming, you know, like figuring out who gets a license to maybe just have a delivery service or who gets a license to have uh, well, what I understand is that in New Jersey, you could say a municipality could say, we're not giving licenses to anybody for anything. The only thing that you, you must give a license to is for delivery, but you don't have to give a license for consumption lounges, you know, that sort of thing or dispensaries or any of that. Hmm. Joe, what are you thinking about?
0: I was thinking about. um, Well, I was looking. I was um, opening my phone for something for later um, in the podcast, but um, the amount of capital that's being rushing into the market too is interesting. We talked about this last time. You know that John, the fact that John Boehner is now a major uh, cannabis capitalist, right, is. Indicative of the level of interest from major corporations, or you know, or or investment funds, and uh, I can't think of that's not the term I wanted, but you know, um,
2: all the angel investors and the venture capitalists, yeah. and
0: so if you're just on the corner and you wanted to start open open up a store, you're already at the end of the line, <laughs> you know. So small business is not, this is already a big business. It's, you know, big, big cannabis will be like big tobacco, big alcohol. That's
2: why social equity is important. That's why, you know, mm-hmm. municipal, state, city government, that's why activists are very actively pressuring the legislation, because if it's not written in to some extent, even if it gets refined later, it's like people don't get to play. So the same people who are in jail for, you know, an ounce or whatever. Now, you know, you got the other guys, you know, who are running <laughs> The same people
0: who put them in jail are now going to sell them legal
2: marijuana. I mean, let's just be real about it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, and not only that, they're going to put them in jail. And pretty soon, they're going to be growing marijuana in the private industrial complex, prison complex for these, these uh, multi state operators.
0: Yeah. You know, I didn't even think of that, right? Like, so prison labor will work industrial farms. I mean, really, uh, you know, um,
2: New Jersey's a perfect place. The garden's yep. state.
0: Well, I was looking, well, you know, while thinking about this, I was looking at the, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm always wondering about hemp, like how does hemp play in, into this? And I looked at the hemp is legal to grow in New Jersey, but it is not, you have to go through levels and levels of certification from the state. And you have to give the state of New Jersey GPS coordinates of every field where you're cultivating hemp. And I'm like, I, I thought hemp was a denatured plant. So the, the level of regulation in and around um, cannabis plants and hemp plants is staggering. Um,
2: I know. Because I knew you were interested. Yeah. And I I looked it up to see what I could. I mean, I only know one person, and I have not interviewed him yet, uh, who mm. grows hemp in the state uh, of New Jersey. Uh, Green Cell is the name mm. of his farm, and it's in uh, Franklin Park, I think is where it is, New Jersey. Okay. I was looking at uh, – you know these rules that govern the USDA published final rule for hemp production did you get that did i did you get
0: that? no no i only found the the form that the state of new jersey wanted had people fill out which that enough i was like holy cow how many pages is this <laughs> so
2: right. well supposedly uh the final rule No, the final rule supposedly was released on January 15th, 2021, with an effective date of March 22nd, 2021. And those are the regulations that are going to dictate the production of hemp. And that means that the hemp plant, all hemp plants that exceed the 0.3% THC, you know, you're going to have to destroy those things because it's not hemp. You know, if it has more than the fine weight, it says the final rule raises the threshold from 0.5% to 1%, but limits the maximum number of violations to one per calendar year. So let's just say you're growing things. Nature kind of changes the thing, you know, because, you know, plants talk to to each other. Yeah. You know, they make love. you don't even know some
0: very and in, very industrious butterflies <laughs> raise the THC <laughs> oh, <laughs> content. <that's>
1: true, right. <laughs> so if we if we want to bring our kind of listeners to, you know, what, what do they need? Like if you had to give them one thing to do, Patricia, to ensure that um what, I, that their voice is kind of heard in terms of, you know, the final bill that gets passed that remains not passed. So I, again, just feel like the city doesn't really have to do anything in my past. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> but, I mean, my advice would be to start bugging people in your area about okay. what's important to you, you know? And and the first place to do that is at the municipal level.
0: We'll be posting Amy's cell phone at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Give her a like, call.
2: Amy, Amy has, and not, have...
1: has oh, been,
2: not really, like, gotten into the legal piece of <laughs>
1: But I mean, anyone listening
2: to this podcast,
1: if the way I have talked about marijuana in any way, shape, or form has made you think that I'm up on this topic, I, you know, I would I would suggest you listen again because I I wasn't on the committee and I'm not up on this topic at all. Because my thought is just I'll wait. You know, it's one last thing I have to deal with right now until the state passes something. And when you're in this game, there's you know there's always an emergency, right? So this week we had to make sure everybody was safe in Esbury in the inauguration and that we weren't gonna have, you know, nutters, you know, around with Trump flags and we have a red control referendum. And then we just have our regular, you know, normal amount of drama of hires and fires and trying to pass parking policy, trying to help businesses stay afloat in in spring of 2021. And how can we help them stay afloat and how can we waive fees and how can we do that when our budget's in the red? And, you know, so like, to me, and I'm not saying that this is a great way to, to govern, because um, if you have the time, it's, you know, wonderful. But in, until it's like on my desk and I can say, okay, it has to be 200 feet from this, it has to look like this, it has to have this, you know, then then I think we go back to entertaining these conversations with people and ensure that, you know, all of Asbury rises up with, with one of these dispensaries in town, not, not just... Um, not just a portion of Hasbury, but all of Hasbury. And to me, like, I would love to see like, if we had a growing, like a manufacturing, not that we have the space for it here, but like having some sort of program where, you know, people are taught how to, how to grow it. And then how, you know, taking through that whole process. Anyway, I, like I feel to, like there's a lot, there's, there's a lot that that we can do to ensure that has very benefits.
2: Other, other than, you know, Uh, teach people how to be a bud tender in somebody's dispensary. You know, there, I mean, Mm -hmm. even if you begin to think about it it, from the standpoint of non-plant touching, like you could create manpower programs about opportunities in the cannabis industry that have nothing to do with touching the plant. Most people don't have enough money to own a dispensary to, you know, um, Run a service. Maybe they have money to have a a um, catering business. You know that does infuse meals. Once the regulations about that are, business. You know that's not really clear either. But the point I'm trying to make is that not everybody can own a dispensary.
0: Yeah, the worst thing for me, if it's if if all the adult use places turned into like. Or mirrored like you know, exclusive martini bars that <laughs> that only you know well-heeled customers could go to. That would be terrible, right? You know, I'm 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 ready to sign up for someone's cannabis CSA though. You know, man. is that what they call the the farms? The the collective farms, right? Oh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like maybe yeah. describe what that is, just in case people don't know, because I don't know. A community, uh, <laughs> a CSA. Yeah, you know. A community, it's like a a
0: co-op. I don't know what the CSA, yeah, it's a co-op. I don't know what CSA stands for, but like you pay into it and a farm, you get like a monthly, like you pay a certain percentage of of the produce of a farm. And so like you get a monthly package of. Oh, okay. So you're saying that for cannabis. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. So, so so you could advocate, you could find yourself a legislature, a legislator.
0: Yeah, I'll be yeah. an
2: advocate for a CSA, you know, so that, you know, to reduce the cost of medicine.
0: Yeah. I'll be Johnny, Johnny cannabis seed. I won't do it. <laughs> Spread cultivation across the state. I've already, you know, I, I, I think, you know, Rutgers, we have the state agricultural school here too. I'm like, I, I don't know if we've done it, but I'm like, they're, they're going to have to, add, it would be interesting if they could add hemp and cannabis cultivation to their classwork. Cause that's a specialized field to, you know, the, you know, America, um, New Jersey farmers grow, you know, um, you know, uh, corn and a million other, uh, crops. Now they need some expertise in that. So there's, I think there's growth. The upside of this is that there could be a nice, like bump to the economy or a lot of small business activity, some emergence of new consulting businesses and, um, and, you know, and in, in, in medical uh, practices devoted to this. So if we can just get through the, the weeds, so to speak <laughs> of, 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 of legislation, you know, it, it, there's, there could be some interesting, um, you know, uh, effects in society, economically and socially. So I'd like to, I'd like to see it.
2: I, for me, the lesson is you can see how complicated this is. And you could, I could see also how uninformed I was about really what I was voting for. So it was kind of a lesson for me to um, it was a lesson for me because I, I really see this as a, um, a movement you know it's you know it's like you had the digital uh and electronic you know before the social and i really see this as a driver of change you know uh in terms of the economy and also social you know behaviors and by the way csa stands for community agricultural no community supported I just looked it up. Let me tell you. Community-supported agriculture. Commun- That's what it stands
0: yeah. for.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. We're coming up to our 8 o'clock hour. Patricia, I think we asked
2: you these questions
1: before, so I'm not so if I'm repeating, but we're... Well, you're on the emails where I'm like, okay, we're going to start doing recommendations. So <laughs> Damn, Do, um, you one yeah. one I need you to to um plug your own podcast cuz your podcast actually gets me up to speed
2: on what's going on in New Jersey. Right, I'm US. a subscriber.
0: Tell us what the name of the podcast is.
2: So, actually I need to check and see if you're really a subscriber. Yeah, so my my podcast is, podcast is Me and Mary Jane. That's the name of the podcast. And uh, I did eight episodes in the first series. And so I will be launching this weekend. I decided to wait until after the inauguration to launch the second season. And this season, I'm going to dedicate it to uh, conversations with people who are smarter than me. Because (laughs) just about everybody is when it comes to this area, you know, every, just about everybody I approach and I'm trying to learn something from is definitely smarter than me.
1: Oh, I, th- I think that's amazing. And it's the the focus of the podcast is
2: cannabis. The, the focus of the uh, mm-hmm. podcast is making sense of cannabis science. That's really my, my tagline is making sense of cannabis science. So yes, you can talk about the um, social aspect of it, Bottom line, though, is I'm trying to figure out how to live a healthier, longer life. So, you know, cannabis, yes. For some, it's strictly recreational. But I'm interested in answering the question, for example, is can I consume cannabis as preventative medicine? Mm. You know, Mm. so... I'm and knowing that there are like 140 cannabinoids that are identified and there are more than that and just now beginning to understand um what their interaction is and how they affect different parts of your body's different it's fascinating so you know
0: there's so much more to do with cannabis than just getting high like, that's the interesting thing. It's so versatile yeah. without intoxication, right?
1: Is there another beyond your podcast, which again, I want to reiterate to people, it actually, it gets me somewhat in the loop on what's happening. Although this podcast is not a result of that, but it does actually get me in the loop of what's happening on in New Jersey and cannabis. Is there another podcast that you would recommend just in general, a
2: podcast that you're listening to that you would recommend to our listeners? Oh, there are lots. Actually, I, I wish I would actually... Gotten this together. Let me just look here quickly. I listen to um, let me see here. Let me just pull up my app here for that. I like to listen to periodic effects. That's a uh, cannabis business science. Hmm. Um there are I I listen to um uh Emma Chasson. She has a podcast I listen to. Like there are podcasts done by a number of different people, um, pharmacists who have podcasts, you know, um, doctors who have podcasts, uh, people who are growers who have podcasts. There's a wide variety of people, people who are just interested in investing. And so I'm saying it is as diverse as any other segment of the industry i mean it, it appears a lot is happening is all i'm trying to say mm-hmm. and and as things become legal then there'll be more coverage on them you know people will begin to see this makes perfect sense or um this doesn't
1: and maybe when the new jersey bill if the new jersey bill ever passes okay. you'll come back and kind of break us down Break down what what's going on with that bill. Yeah,
2: maybe I'll have a better idea myself because, like I said, I'm confused, and I've gone to people who are also confused, and they're they're still um, in small fracases with legislators hmm. to get them to do this and that. So I'm sorry that I can't be more definitive, but there is no definitive answer.
1: You can't tell us the future, Patricia.
2: I wish I could, but
1: I
0: wish you could too. I would like to know if I'm a
2: famous rich (laughs) poker player. When you tell us the future, future. your newest thing, the deal with this poker play? I'm trying,
1: man. I I spend a couple hours a day on it.
0: Amy, we should have somebody on to tell us about poker because I know nothing about poker. Well,
1: I feel like somebody's going to be like, oh my God, Amy's a terrible poker player. Somebody save
2: her
0: for It's probably true for now. You just started. (laughs) You know what? Um
2: maybe maybe you need a poker face. So maybe So I play t- online.
1: So I don't I don't yet. At some point I'm going to need a poker face, but I play online with an avatar. So at this point, every time I'm like, God, you idiot, why'd you do that? Nobody can sing yet. Mm-hmm.
2: She doesn't play chess. She plays poker
0: Amy D- I I play online chess all day. Do you really? No, not all day. Yeah. I play three day matches or each, each movie of three days. So I have like three games going at at any given time.
2: I'm
0: I'm not very good with, I I used to be very good. And then interestingly chess is like a sport. The older I got, the worse I got, you know, (laughs) like an athlete, you know, you age out of it. My nightmare is playing a 16 or God forbid a 10 year old. They'll, they'll kill, they'll wipe the board with me. I, I need to find, So it's very interesting. You can observe your own cognitive decline with age as a chess player.
1: (laughs) Also, Patricia, why are you saying like you're so impressed with Joe for chess and you don't have that same impress for poker, which is probably one of the most complicated and both (laughs) honest, honest games that were ever created?
2: I've never heard anybody refer to it as honest. But I do (laughs) have respect for people who can actually play poker, bridge, I can play bid whist, you know, and I know people Mm -hmm. consider that to be as uh, involved, but there's a lot of skill involved in being able to play a good hand.
0: Did you say whist?
2: Whist. bid whist.
0: Hmm. Whist was, um, to be my uh, English professor, nerd. Whist was like a, a, the scourge of the 18th century uh, elite. They would play it and bankrupt themselves. Like they were addicted to it and in the same way that professional poker players or bad poker players lose their fortunes, Atlantic city, very wealthy aristocratic families in Europe lost everything to whist. such a. You know, I
1: don't even know what Wist is. I, I'm going to Google it. Yeah.
2: Like, okay. I know the conversation is like evolving now, but. <laughs> <laughs> like in Bridgerton, you know, yeah. you lost the house. Because he was uh, probably a risk player.
0: Hmm. Yeah,
2: I'm going uh, to, Amy, I have a, I, I I have have a for book
0: poker. for
1: Patricia that just that that made me start to play poker called "The Biggest Bluff" by Maria Anna Anna Canova. and uh, Rita's uh, Joe's partner Rita read it. We read it for a book club, and the her description of poker in I don't know the 350 pages of that book is such a beautiful art form description. And I I having played it and having read that book. I feel the exact same way. I, I think it's like a, a really beautiful, beautiful game, which I know sounds bizarre because people don't think
0: that of poker. No, I, I agree.
2: I think poker just has a bad, it has bad press. It has bad press. And I will tell you when you play
1: online and you're a woman, you're trolled all day.
2: Yeah. So interesting. Gamers, even playing poker, get trolled.
1: And particularly when you're so, I, I actually had a minute where I thought, should I change my name from? Well, it's Power Lesbian, so I'm slightly asking to George Eliot. I was I'm like, slightly <laughs> asking for trouble <laughs> with that one, but still, <laughs> you target.
0: We, we um, but it was, I also have another account oh, oh. Named,
1: where it's Amy, and I also got trolled tremendously. So it did. It didn't matter if I if I was pissing off people with Power Lesbian or I was doing Amy.
2: Why don't you, why don't you just be a man
1: online? So I feel like I can't. So I, I thought about that and I just, I think that is so not who I am.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: now I troll back.
0: <laughs> Do it.
1: Okay. Amy, we have to go. Cause it's after eight.
0: Amy quick. What is your podcast recommendation this week?
1: What is my podcast recommendation this week? What did I? Oh my God. Well, I'm going to do an episode. It's um, Hillary Clinton's uh, podcast, which I listen to a lot. I'm a, a huge Hillary Clinton fan. I have a, her tattooed to my arm, but her podcast is called You and Me Both. And she has this beautiful conversation with Nancy Pelosi um, where both of them really talk about. Where Nancy Pelosi really describes how um, Hillary Clinton was one of the most influential people in her lives, which I think is so interesting mm-hmm. because Nancy Pelosi is probably one of the most influential women in the world. So mm-hmm. she she credits Hillary Clinton for being one of the most influ- influential women in her lives. And she talks about the, the Capitol riot and she talks about how these people were like were trying to kill Nancy Pelosi. Right. I have to listen to that. I have to listen. Yeah. To- it's a good one. Yeah. And- okay. Thank you, Ming. Thanks, Shared Universe. Appreciate appreciate you guys. Thank you, Patricia, for taking the time tonight to, to get us up to speed. Thanks, Ming. I think Are you-, you at work, Ming? You're in your office. You're on mute. <laughs> I'm You're
0: still good. at the studio. Yeah. I'm oh, still geez. At the studio. God bless. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Patricia. Thanks so much for being here. Uh,
2: sure. I'm. I wish. Thank I you, Patricia. More helpful, but. Hey, you're no, this is great. Fabulous. I mean, I think
0: the I think the referendum makes it this complicated. Yeah. Great.
1: All right, later, alligators.
0: See you guys. Right. Thank, Thank you, right. guys. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. See you guys soon. Thanks, hey, thanks That's it. If you'd like to get in touch with Patricia Patton, you can find her at canaboomer.net or patriciaapatton.com. Thanks.